Good morning, everyone. For those who don't know me, my name is Louis Skippers, and I am the lead pastor at Grace Church. And um, I'm so excited to share with you today the fourth part of this series, I Can. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard the word jargon. Jargon means that there is specific language that is sub that is specific to a subject. So you have that in medicine, you have that in law, you have that in theology. And often, like maybe you've experienced jargon when you go to a doctor and they tell you something is wrong with you and you have no idea what it means. Could mean an ingrown toenail, it could mean you've got stage four cancer and you have no idea. And then often I would ask people like, so what does this thing mean that the doctor told you? And they're like, I, I don't know. And I'm like, why didn't you ask them? They're like, I don't want to look stupid. And I'm like, it is so interesting how we sometimes feel in unqualified just because someone does something that I don't know. I can preach like that if I wanted to with all kinds of theological language. A, a lawyer could talk with you that way. A, a doctor could do that. And it, will, it could make you feel unqualified. Not that you are necessarily unqualified. It's just that you do not know that kind of language. And the same thing happens throughout our life where we believe that certain things disqualifies us, although it doesn't necessarily disqualify us. We feel like because I don't have this certain quality or because I am unfamiliar in this territory, I'm unqualified. In our spiritual life, it often, hap- it often happens where I believe that my, my past mistakes, I believe my sin, I believe the shame that I'm carrying because of it, I believe that my brokenness disqualifies me from a life, from a walk with Jesus, a walk with God. Maybe even your physical health have made you believe that you are disqualified from certain things that God wants to do with your life. And that is where we are today at the fourth part of the series. Let me give a quick recap of the first three. And if you missed any of them, you can catch up on any podcasting platform or YouTube. Just search for Grace Church Fam and you will will find our church there. But the first week we talked about our identity, how a wrong idea of who we are and imposter syndrome can prevent us from stepping into the purpose and the plan that God has for us. The second week we spoke about questions where you might have so many questions in your life that are unanswered that you believe you cannot follow God or you cannot step into his plan for your life because you don't have all the answers. In the third week, last week, we, we spoke about how what you have, you might believe this is not enough. My money, my skills, my gifts is not enough to serve Jesus. But he says, if you entrust it to me, it becomes more than enough. And today, the fourth part of our series is addressing a bit of a different topic, and that is our topic for today is, but I have too many weaknesses. I have a weakness in my life that disqualifies me from what God wants to do with me. And we're going to continue reading today from the book of Exodus All five of these topics are excuses that a man made Moses, excuses that Moses made when God called him to live out the purpose for his life. And through all five of these, we learn, I think, a little bit about ourselves and about some of the excuses that we might have in our lives. But during the service, we've also, during the series, we also had a challenge where I ask you to read three chapters of the book Exodus each and every week. 
Second book in the Bible, it's easy to find. The book Exodus, we started reading at chapter 1. And this week, if you've been following along, we will be reading from in chapter 10, chapter 11, and chapter 12. So we will stop this week just as they leave Egypt. So that gives us hope at least, right? Just because Moses said no and he was full of excuses, didn't mean at the end of the day he didn't raise his hand and say, yes, I can. But today, we are in Exodus 4. And we'll be reading from verse 10 to verse 12. And I'm reading from the New International Version translation of the Bible. So Exodus 4 verse 10. Moses said to the Lord. Remember God just before this. Moses is speaking to a burning bush. In the middle of like on a mountain. The bush is not burning out. And the bush has a voice. And that's God speaking to Moses. And telling him Moses. I want you to go and free my people. The Hebrews that's living as slaves in Egypt. Moses already made three excuses. This is his fourth. Moses said to the Lord. Pardon your servant Lord. I have never been eloquent. Neither in the past, nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. But the Lord said to him, Who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go. I will help you speak, and I will teach you what to say. That's what we're going to read today. His fourth excuse. God asked Moses to go back to Egypt, the place where he grew up, and to go and speak to the Hebrew people, his people, tell them that God wants freedom for them, to go and speak to the Pharaoh in his palace. He also grew up. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go and listen to some of the previous messages. But to also go and speak to the Pharaoh and tell him to let the people go. And Moses looks at the situation. He's made some excuses. And I think in this moment, a light bulb went off. Where he's like, now I've got, I've got God on this one. He's like, I grew up in a palace. I know what someone sounds like who's actually capable of making a grand speech. I have seen the Pharaoh. I've seen all these people in the courts who are really eloquent with their words. He's got this way to sway the public opinion with just the use of words. And he looks at himself and he's like, I'm not one of them. In fact, I have a speech impediment. I've, I've got an issue with my speech. And therefore, God, like what this thing you're calling me for, I'm not the one. I, this is not what a person should look like who's called for this kind of mission. Have you ever been in that place where you've maybe thought about what a, a proper Christian should look like? What a proper Christian, how, what their life should be like, what their past should be like, how they should be living it out. And then you think of people like, say, Billy Graham, and you're like, clearly I can do something significant with my life for God because I don't have the following of Billy Graham. I'm not that eloquent with my words as, as he was. Maybe you look at someone like Mother Teresa, and you're like, listen, I've even done a test. My EQ is low, or my, my mercy gift is low. I don't have her compassion. Like, I don't have that. I can't be as great as, as she is. Like, God can't use me for stuff like that. Maybe you're comparing yourself to someone like the Pope, and you're like, I don't have that level of authority. You know, I'm not like the chosen one. Like, how could God use me? Maybe you're just comparing yourself to me, your pastor, 
You're like, I will never be able to live up to God's call, up to God's standard. I will never be able to do what God has called me to do with my life because I don't have the skill set. I don't have the qualifications of what I believe is necessary to live for God's purpose. When I look at my life, there is weakness, there is brokenness, there is sin, there is past that disqualifies me. I don't know what you believe makes you unqualified to be used by God. I don't know what you believe makes you not good enough for him to use you. But let me tell you what the risk is of believing that somewhat, something in your life disqualifies you from following Jesus or living his purpose for your life. We see that Moses uses a very interesting statement. He says, God, I haven't been eloquent with my words in the past. And now standing in front of you, speaking with this burning bush, I'm still not eloquent. Nothing has changed. So therefore, in the future, I don't think this is going to be different. So Moses is reflecting back on his life, and he remembers the time that he tried to propose to his wife, right? He's like, I practiced for three weeks with my sheep. Like, I practiced. I went on my knee. I did everything, and they had this blank stare. And then when I spoke to my wife, guess what? My tongue still turned to lead. She had the same blank expression because she had no idea what I was trying to say. He's like, in the past, this has been a problem, like, it, it has prevented things in my life from going the way it should be. And he says, my verbal incompetence hasn't changed. He's standing in front of God, and he's saying, God, I'm speaking to you, and if I was capable of going, shouldn't by now, shouldn't my weakness, shouldn't my problem, shouldn't my, this thing I'm struggling with, shouldn't it have already changed for good in order for me to go? And here is the big problem. This weakness, this disability that he was facing in his life, not only hijacked some stuff in his past, is not only affecting him here in the prison where he's talking to God, but it is also hijacking the future plan and purpose that God had for him. Building your identity around your weakness will hijack your future purpose. When we believe that I am my sin, when I believe that I am my past mistake, when I believe that I am my speech impediment, when I believe that I am just an alcoholic, when I believe that I am just someone who's not good at a marriage, when I believe that I am just a teenager who will never live up to my parents' standards, when I make my weakness my identity, it hijacks the future purpose that God has for my life. And it almost hijacked Moses' future. I love these stories of people with, with physical disabilities that just conquers things that I couldn't even conquer. Like people who compete in the Paralympic Games, even in CrossFit a couple of years ago, they started a division for people with all kinds of handicaps. And guys, like someone in a wheelchair would just be there doing pull-ups, like in his wheelchair. And I'm like, He's at number 50. I'm struggling with number five, right? And I, I have no weight that I'm carrying with me. And then a couple of years ago, and, and actually for many years now, we've seen these extraordinary things happen where someone with a disability said, I, I'm not going to let this be my identity. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to allow this thing to define me. And just in my home country in South Africa, we had a swimmer, Natalie DeToy. She, she lost her left leg in an accident when she was 
I think 17 years old. She started swimming. She competed in the Paralympic Games a couple of times, won gold. And then in 2008, she swam in the normal Olympics, and she came in 16th. No prosthetic, just her one leg and her two arms. 16th in the world, competing against people who have all their arms and legs. Then one of our most famous guys, he's not famous for, for his um, sports so much anymore as for other things, but was Oscar Pistorius. He was called the Blade Runner, right? And he lost both of his legs when he was really little, and he used to do so great. The Blade Runner used to won, he, he won a whole bunch of gold medals. And finally, in 2012, he was the first double amputee to compete in the Olympic Games. And I'm like, is it, we all see, we see these stories of people that just conquer the disabilities, that do not make it their identities, people who say, like, this is not who I am. This is not going to prevent me from living my purpose. And we all look up at them and we think, like, this is so amazing. But then when it comes to our spiritual lives, we put on these horrible identities that prevent us from living a life with Jesus, and on purpose with Jesus. And that is what's so beautiful to me, is God's answer to Moses. When Moses said, God, I actually have a weakness. I've got a disability in my life that prevents me from doing this. God answers him, but not the way that I would have answered him. And probably not the way that Moses would have liked the answer to, to go. God, Moses just said, God, like, I'm, I'm talking to you and still this didn't change. So what is he saying? I think in that moment he was saying, God, if my speech impediment goes away now, then I'll go. And God doesn't tell him, oh, Moses, don't worry, I'll just fix it. Don't worry, by the time you go to Egypt, you'll speak like Pharaoh. You'll be good to go. That's not God's answer. And you know why it was not God's answer? Because God knew exactly what he was getting when he was talking to Moses. God didn't appear to Moses and Moses started stuttering over his words. And God is like, oh, what is this? Like, I don't know, Moses, have, have a problem. Like, God is not surprised, right? Moses wasn't made perfect, and God was not surprised by his disabilities, by his weakness, and still God chooses to use Moses despite his disability, despite his weakness, despite his bad self-identity that he had. See, I believe that God made Moses the way he wanted to, to do the job that he wanted Moses to do, and I believe in the same way God made us the way he wanted to, to achieve his Purposes that he created us to achieve. God made you the way he wanted. And whatever you believe is still preventing you from following his purpose, whatever you believe is still preventing you from following him, whether it's a disability or a sickness or weakness or shame from your past, the problem is not actually that disability, that weakness, that sickness, that shame, that sin from your past. The problem is your belief that your weakness is your identity. It is not your weakness preventing you from saying yes to God, but your wrong belief that your weakness is your permanent and pervasive inability. God tells Moses in verse 11, Moses, 
Who made people to be deaf and mute? Who gave them mouths to speak? And we run into a bit of an issue here, I think, for a lot of Christians, because we do not want to believe that God could allow something like that, never mind do something like that. But God is literally telling you, Moses, who gives you a mouth? Who makes you deaf or mute? He's saying, like, I have the ability to do that. And we encounter a similar situation in John 9, in the Gospel of John, where the disciple sees this man that is blind. And according to Jewish tradition, it meant he was blind because of someone's sin. He was punished for someone's sin. So the disciples go to Jesus, and they're like, Jesus, why is this man blind? Is it because of his parents' sin or because of his own sin? And guess what Jesus said? No one sinned. Jesus uses these words. He says, he's not blind because of anyone's sin, but this happened so the power of God could be seen in him. You see, what we see as weakness, what we see as shame, what we see as brokenness, what we see as disability is not necessarily your curse, but it could be used by God for his good. Your weakness can actually be your strength. Who of you have heard about a man named Nick Vujicic? Okay, so this is Nick Vujicic. I want to put a picture up there. I'm like, no, the book is cooler. He wrote the book. He was born without limbs. He actually has a tiny little foot on the one side and a short little leg foot on the other side. But he has no arms and no legs. He cannot even chase away a mosquito if it's sitting on his head. And when he was younger, he tried to commit suicide because he couldn't even do the basic things in life. But then he find a calling in God, the purpose for his life, and that was to use what has happened in his life to bring hope and to bring purpose and to bring Jesus to people that would have never heard it. And he is an evangelist still today, and he preaches to millions of people. But one of the most significant moments when I first learned about him was in 2013 when Nick Vujicic was invited to go to Vietnam. This book that talks very openly about Jesus was translated into their language. Now, Vietnam is a country where Christians are still persecuted for their faith. They're still killed for their faith. And Nick Vujicic in 2013 went throughout Vietnam and they gave him very specific instructions of things that he could say and couldn't say. And he took advantage of it anyway. And he shared about Jesus and God to hundreds of thousands of people in stadiums, to government leaders, to business leaders. And he doesn't say this. This was just my thing. I'm like, why is this government not throwing him in jail? They have very strict rules about this. And I think you cannot throw a hero in jail who has no arms and legs. It's better for this man to have been born with arms and with legs. And no of, none of those people would have ever heard about Jesus or to be born without it. And thousands and millions of people hear about Jesus because of him. You see, but this is the problem. Somewhere deep inside all of us, we hold secretly to prosperity theology. Secretly, all of us believe that if I'm just good enough, if I just pray enough, if I just follow Jesus the right way, then I should always be healthy, then I should always have lots of money, then there should never be problems in my life. But guess what Jesus himself said? He said, if you follow me, you will have problems, you will face challenges, you will experience persecution, everything will not always be rosy. 
There's going to be good times and there's going to be hard times. But secretly, we feel like if I follow God, everything in this life should be perfect. But guess what? Let me shock your world today. God is more concerned about your eternity than he's about your life on earth. Okay, let me put it into perspective for you. God does care about your life on earth. Definitely. The Bible is full of beautiful verses with promises about your life on earth with Jesus. But if you would take a rope and you would attach it to that side of that far wall, and you would take it all the way across the room to that side of the wall, and you take a tiny little string and you attach it right here, that is your life on earth. And this whole rope is eternity. See, but somehow we lost our sense of eternity. I think especially in westernized cultures. And we started to believe that life is all about my 20 or 60 or 80 years, or maybe if you're really lucky, 100 years here on earth. But the Bible says that whatever you experience here is actually just a moment and it's gone. God cares more about our eternity and the eternity of people around us than he cares about this single moment. And I believe that is what happened with someone like Nick Vujicic. Where everything in his life here isn't necessarily the way we would have written his story. But it's the perfect story of God that doesn't affect just his life here on earth. But that affects the lives of numerous people both here on earth and in eternity. Don't make your brokenness. Don't make your sickness, don't make your shame your identity because it is not your identity and it is not permanent and it is not pervasive. And I specifically want to talk to some of you here today who believe that your past mistakes, your addictions, your sin, your brokenness is your shame today that you have to live in. It is not. In 2 Corinthians, in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17, the Bible teaches us that if you believe in Jesus, the old life is gone and new life has come, that you are a new creation in Jesus. Your brokenness that you believe disqualifies you from God loving you. Your brokenness that you believe disqualifies you from serving Jesus and living a purpose with your life. That is not your shame to carry. In Jesus, there is victory. There is hope. You see, but the problem with Moses was he was so focused on his inability that he could not see God's ability in that moment. Here is this crazy irony, okay? Moses walks in the desert. He sees a bush on a mountain burning, He walks closer to the bush. It's still burning. It's not burning out. And then a voice starts speaking to him out of a bush. When last did you walk past the bush that randomly started speaking to you? To me, it has never happened. Okay, never mind once or twice. It's never happened. He's speaking to a bush. And he's telling God, speaking through a bush, God, I cannot speak. I'm like, do you know what you're saying? You're you're talking to God that can make a bush speak, and you're telling him you can't speak. Like, come on, what are you missing, Moses? But he was so focused on his disability that he limited God based on his own limitations. 
Don't limit God based on your human knowledge. Don't limit God based on science or popular opinion. Don't limit Him as you struggle with sin that you struggle to break with that you cannot get rid of. Don't limit Him. He has already paid for your mistakes. He's already paid for your sin. There's a reason why the Bible says you cannot deal with your brokenness on your own. Because you cannot. That's why Jesus paid the ultimate price on a cross. Don't struggle with your own brokenness on your own and don't limit him. God is not limited by our limitations, not even by death itself. And therefore God tells Moses, he doesn't tell him he's going to fix him immediately. He just says, look at me, I'm the creator. I can do what I want with whom I want. And then he tells him in verse 12, now go. His speech problem is not fixed. God says, go. Because what God knew was every single second that Moses delayed, another whip fell on the back of a Hebrew person. The people that God said, I have compassion with them and I heard their cries. And I think like, imagine Jesus postponed like Moses. Imagine Jesus said, Father, I know what my purpose is, but I'm not going to do it. Because I like living here. I like walking here. I like my friends. I'm not going to die on a cross. Guys, if Jesus postponed, we would have been in serious problem because I would have still been a slave to my past and my mistakes. I would have still carried shame with me that's today my victory. But Jesus didn't postpone, and I, I just think about like what it means for us as a church when we keep postponing. When we postpone to be used by God, when we postpone to reach out to a world that is broken, that is falling in on itself, and we keep postponing and we keep building walls and we keep saying like, I cannot go because there's something that I struggle with, there's a weakness I carry, and therefore God, you cannot use me, so I'm not going. And the longer we postpone, the more the world around us falls apart. The longer we are concerned with our comfort, the longer we are trapped in our broken identities that we create for ourselves, the more the world falls apart. Then God gives him this encouragement. And God says, the second part of verse 12, I will help you speak. And I will teach you what to say. See, Moses wanted that certainty before he would go. But why is faith necessary then? Why do we need faith if God just fixed all of our problems and then we responded? You see, God wanted Moses to respond to go. And God says in the process, I will make sure that you can speak properly. And guess what? The, the questions that you haven't heard yet, that the Hebrew people hasn't, haven't even asked yet, that the Pharaoh hasn't asked yet, I will tell you in the moment what you need to tell them. I will prepare you for this. You are not alone. And I want to tell you today, you don't have to wait to be fixed before you can respond to Jesus. You don't have to be fixed before you can start following him. You don't have to be perfect before you take that step of obedience and be baptized if you believe in Jesus. Because if you wait to be perfect, if you wait to be fixed, if you wait to be without weakness, without disability, I have bad news for you. You will never be perfect in this life. And you're never going to step into the call and the purpose and the plan that God has for your life. 
when you focus too much on your weakness, you will fail to see God's strength at work in your life. Just like Moses failed to see in that moment the power of God that was right in front of him. This is a human problem, right? We get so drawn into our brokenness and our weakness and our problems that we just fail to see God's strength at work in our life. But trust Him. Let go of your excuses, whether that is your broken past, the sin. Because if you follow Jesus, that's your past. If you're not following Jesus today and you're like, no, Louis, my brokenness and my sin is still my present, I want to tell you, make a decision today to follow him and you are a new creation in Christ and your shame becomes your past. But don't let your sin, your weakness, your brokenness, don't let your illness, don't let your age, don't let whatever you believe is holding you back, don't let that prevent you from seeing God's call. Don't let it prevent you from seeing God's strength at work in your life. God crafted you perfectly for the purpose He created you for. God crafted you perfectly for the purpose He created you for. Just like He created Moses perfectly for his purpose. So go. Raise your hand and say, God, I can with you on my side. Let's pray. Jesus, I want to pray for every person sitting here today Who believes that their past, their sin, their mistakes. Who believes that their brokenness, their weakness, their lack of knowledge, their lack of skill, their sickness, their disability. For every person who believes that their weakness disqualifies them from being used by you. Believes that their weakness disqualifies them from following after you. Believes that their weakness disqualifies them from walking with you. I pray, Jesus, that in these moments that you will shine through that darkness. That you will shine through that lie. And that we will see that with Jesus, our limitations, our past, our mistakes does not define us anymore but that we are a new creation called for a greater purpose. I pray that we would raise our hands as a church, that we would linger no longer, but that we would go out and live on mission for Jesus. We pray it in your name alone. Amen.